Welcome to Cinema 7. My name is John Kanoki, the host today, uh, absent of Mario Bakari for the first time, uh, I think, ever. <laughs> and uh, with me, we've got uh, Chris Hawk. What up? Today we're talking about uh, the critically acclaimed uh, Emoji Movie, uh, something of a, a big debate and uh, something everybody's reviewing, so we're going to do it quite a bit differently today but uh first we got some movie news chris hawk you want to you want to bust out some news yeah so i think this was mentioned a while back but we never really got a chance to talk about it and that's after guardians of the galaxy 3 the original lineup will be shooken up that's uh that's that's quite interesting considering marvel's need to keep things the same and go forward I think I think it's a step in the right direction of if they're going to continue after phase 4 and they're going to and they're going to do different stuff maybe this could be the the start of something of maybe maybe Marvel is going to try to be more not static and be more dynamic. Do you think what well, do you think the reason is so they can kill people off in Infinity War? I'm thinking that people in Guardians of the Galaxy are going to join the Avengers. So they're they're just they're still going to be there. They're just going to be in different movies. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you have a good cast. I mean, no matter what we think of Zoza Danya or Chris Pratt sometimes phoning it in, I mean, those are the stars. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is a hit for Marvel. So I think they're going to keep them around for the Avengers or Maybe they're going to cameo in the Guardian of the Avengers, Guardian of the Galaxy movie. I mean, we don't know. I mean, if we could get deep down to the contracts of who's who's leaving and who's staying. But I'm, I'm, I have a guess that Chris Pratt's going to stay. Batista might stay. And so Zoe Zedania will stay. I mean. You think it'll be Groot and Rocket? I think you have Groot and Rocket as a staying. And then. You have you saw uh, you saw how they in the Guardians of the Galaxy two you saw the OG Guardians from the comics yeah with uh, Sylvester Stallone Sylvester Stallone can still carry a movie I mean Creed was phenomenal so it definitely was I mean he he did a great job in that movie um that was the what was the other guy who who's in that movie what is it uh oh gosh I always hit uh, Michael B Jordan that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he was great too. So that that definitely helped. But yeah, he can definitely bring a franchise up. It's kind of weird to think of him carrying a Marvel franchise, but I mean, it could be possible. That's an exciting possibility when you see um minus Benedict, well, you know, actually some of the Marvel characters are kind of up there in age. You got Robert Downey Jr., he's in he's what late 40s, early 50s. Benedict Cumberbatch isn't young himself, but now you have this new entourage of younger Marvel characters. I mean, we could see Sylvester Stallone as being the oldest Marvel character in the future. I mean, unless you count Stan Lee as a guardian. Or a watcher, rather. I do it. I totally ship that. Uh, who, do you think, who do you think they bring in to shake up the lineup, then? It's gotta be... It's gotta be they're gonna do what they did with the original Guardians and just bring in either the original or bring in some D-list or C-list comic characters. The the off-the-wall people that you don't really think about that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, you know how everyone's pining for Adam Warlock? And he's a big big part in the cosmic universe. You could see huge things from him. I mean, he's kind of OP in the comic, but, I mean, 
technically they have toned down the powers of most of the Marvel the MCU like Thor isn't nearly as strong as he is in the comics in the movies as he is in the comics yeah no. I mean they could do they can do whatever they want I'm wondering if because if they're going to shake up the lineup I just wonder when they're going to do it because if they do Infinity War and they you know get rid of somebody that would make sense because then you'd have a spot to fill when the next movie came around mm-hmm. but if you don't do that then you have to have a movie where basically there's a transition and I don't know how well that would go over. It just seems like their tenure hasn't been that long since the gap between one and two is only like a month. So that means we're not going to see the transition from two to three. I mean, we're going to see the transition from two to three in uh, Infinity War because from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 happens at this, like, oh gosh, happens during... Civil War or the uh, Winter Soldier? It ha- it happens during that time because it they're in the past still. Yeah, and I, the Marvel timeline is kind of weird too with Spider Man and everything. It's it's kind of odd the way they do things, but I just I don't see a transition movie going over well with the fans. But I I think they'll pull it off if the, if that's what they're going to do. Completely change it up. I don't think I think. What you're saying is accurate, how they're going to keep them around for the Avengers and cameos. So we're definitely going to get, you know, not something as drastic as the articles are being uh, said or saying, rather. They could be going the route of how there's like 20 different types of Avenger comics. They could be going that route. I could see that. So for our next piece of news, um, the only thing I'm concerned about, about the the Guardians of Galaxy 3 is when you tell people it's a shakeup, it, do you think that re- like relieves some of the drama of the movie? It definitely does. I, I brought this up um, with Rogue One. I wasn't on that episode, but if you know what's going to happen in a movie ahead of time, like in Rogue One, you know, what, you, you know they die because continuity-wise, they can't have lived. Right. It kind of takes away from the movie. You can appreciate how something gets there, but if it's too too scripted, like you know too much of the plot, it kind of ruins it. And that's I mean, Rogue One, I didn't like it because I knew the plot. I knew it was going to happen in the end. I, I, I just saw it all coming. So if that's what Guardians of the Galaxy turns into because they set it up ahead of time and then you already know they're switching it up, I could see it taken away from it. So for our final piece of news, we have recently it has been revealed that the two main characters of Karate Kid, the uh, Cobra Kai guy and the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, they're going to make a movie about Name, it's titled Cobra Kai. So we can only assume it's going to be from the point of view of the Cobra Kai guy. And uh, it's going to be released on YouTube Red. So that tells me that this is like a low-budget-esque type deal. And But honestly, has anyone really asked for a Karate Kid? Didn't we just get a Karate Kid movie? We just got a remake, right? Yeah, we just got one. I don't... Well, I mean, to speak to YouTube Red... Uh, Rooster Teeth released their first movie through YouTube Red, uh, Laser Team, and it's actually pretty well done. It's really about the people behind the movies being made on YouTube Red. YouTube Red's just kind of the medium. And honestly, that's kind of where uh, media is going now with uh, the younger generation. Nobody watches cable. They all watch some form of online Mm -hmm. uh, direct streaming entertainment. So YouTube's trying to compete with Hulu and Netflix and all of that. Um. 
So it's, it's an interesting choice for them to go with this not-so-original movie. I guess it's a, kind of a, a name grab to get people to watch it because it's got Karate Kid in the name. But it is an interesting choice because we did just get a remake and nobody's asked for this. Um, I, I, what was the, uh, I haven't even seen the remake for the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan in it. And I only can assume it did okay. Yeah, I, I, I only saw parts of it, but from what I saw, it was basically the same movie. Just if you've seen the original and you grew up with the original as what you watched, you couldn't really appreciate it because it's like a, a copy. I mean, every single Karate Kid movie is almost the same. It's like the unruly teenager gets gets taught to uh, be mature and learn discipline. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost all the same movie. So I, they must be doing. You know, it would be great if Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, it, like after that win, and then after the subsequent movies, it kind of goes to his head, and he becomes the villain. That's the only way I could see that going. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. Uh, kind of a twist, yeah. That could that could make it worth watching. Uh, the movies, it's going to have to rely on word of mouth marketing. Like people that see it are going to have to tell other people it's good. So they're going to do something crazy to get people to tell people about it. That's the only way it's going to be successful. Yeah, and YouTube, that's like that's a if it's if that's the way it's distributing. That could be an ad before video. And how many videos are watched a day? Oh, it definitely will be. 14 million videos or more are watched a day. So you got, you got that. So, I mean, this, by word of mouth, this could be a big hit for YouTube Red. Especially with YouTube's uh, required ads now for creators. I know that was a big deal when they did that, but everybody has ads before their videos now. So Yeah, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, it's, that's a YouTube policy. If they start pumping this out and, you know, heavily marketed in there, you could, you could get a lot of people attracted to it. I guess it just depends on the the trailer they're showing because again the people watching youtube aren't the people that grew up with karate kids so that's a whole different ball game if you do you do you have youtube red john i've had it in the past i don't have it currently do you still have ads before videos i i, I didn't have it when uh ads were required i think you still have them but you can skip almost all of them mm. i'm not positive though and I know YouTube Red part of it is you can like download videos to watch later on your phone, which is that was really why I got it is you could download mm-hmm. them ahead of time and then watch them later, which is really nice. And then you get access to the exclusive um, shows they're going to be doing. I know they have a few lined up, which is interesting because uh, they're going into shows too as well as movies because they were strictly movies. When uh, when you go to Regal, they pump they uh they really do uh show the youtube red stuff a lot so that's pretty cool like the shows they're doing all the all the youtube creators making those murder mysteries and you have rooster chief making all their shows and they really um it's really neat how youtube is started out as a uh video you know download service and now it's making content now yeah and i guess that's you know combat everything else netflix mainly but they're relying heavily on um i would say people that make money from twitch you know and let's plays and all of that that seems to be where their their audience is going which really appeals to the the people that you know watch that kind of content so i i think it could be successful it's always weird going from a a paid subscription service or a free 
a free service to something paid and then promoting that. I mean, plenty of people have done it and it failed, but I don't think I think YouTube's too big to fail. That's um that's all the news I have unless you want to add anything else. Uh, the only other thing I had was the casting rumor for Scar is uh Chiwetel Ojefor, which is the guy who played Mordo and Doctor Strange. I really like that guy. I don't know if his voice is iconic enough. I mean, he he is a phenomenal actor. I mean, I I enjoy every single time he's on the screen. He makes a great villain and he makes a good hero at the same time. Yeah, that's the only problem is he's not on the screen. It's just his voice. That's the thing. That's just what I'm worried about. Because you have, I mean, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa makes perfect sense, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beyonce as Nala makes that's, sense. That's great stuff. And obviously, uh, you know, Mufasa. You know. Is Whoopi Goldberg reprising her role as a hyena? They have not announced that casting, but it wouldn't surprise me just because of how iconic that is, just like Mufasa with uh, James Earl Jones. I could definitely see that. It's just... It, when when it's a voice, I don't think acting matters. You and with a villain, you know, there's just a certain voice you have to have for and it to work Jer- that way. Yeah, Jeremy Irons was the perfect Scar. I mean, there's no, vo- I don't think there's a voice more menacing than Jeremy Irons. No, yeah, definitely. And I understand what they're doing with the castings and trying to stay true to the nature of the the movie. But when you do have a movie that's going to be almost entirely CGI basically cgi animals probably with real set shots occasionally Mm -hmm. it's it's a different game you know it's not about casting the uh appropriate people in some cases i mean it is a lot but not always you just have to go with the right you got to refine the right voices so that's all i had there is one thing the the flashpoint movie oh the dc flashpoint uh Basically, the Marvel Civil War, apparently, the uh, rumors are out there that other people are going to star in the Flash movie, which is Flashpoint, essentially, from the comics. Who didn't see that coming? How are you going to have Flashpoint without the other characters? Yeah, it's a big spoiler, because Flashpoint's a very big event in which Flash like rewrites history in the comic book universe, so that's a, it's a pretty big spoiler. It just... I mean, it's, it's, you know what it seems like in Justice League when we first meet the Flash? He's, he's like a nobody. He just, he has the powers, he has the suit, and it feels like he just made the suit to have fun with. Because he doesn't really, it seems like he doesn't have any villains at all in Justice League. That's what it feels like when I see the trailer of the Flash. Like, he's just a kid. I think DC is actually kind of mad about the new Spider-Man, because I think that's the angle they were going with this Flash. Oh, like, uh... He's like, younger uh, and establishing yep. himself. Oh, man. Which Flashpoint makes sense if you think about that, because he doesn't know what he's doing. And I actually think we're going to see a, a teaser about this in the Justice League movie, because I think in that trailer, when you see him break the glass, I actually think that's him running, breaking the glass, and that's just an allusion to what he can do. The Speed Force is crazy, man. That's... that's the DC with the the Flash can do some crazy stories with the with how fast he can go, his time powers, and how just he can rewrite history and the past and the future just by the Speed Force. I mean, you have one of the most OP powers in the comic universe. You can literally do anything with the Flash. 
I just hope he vibrates once, but I look forward to it. He's got to go through something, right? That's yeah. just <laughs> vibrate through something. Even if it's just vibrating through bullets, I'm okay with it. That's, I mean, would you have wanted to see one of his rogue gallery in his first movie? Uh, it depends. Um, cause I mean like Captain Cold and, uh, Captain Boomerang and all of them, they're kind of low key villains. I think you kind of have to establish them individually, then bring them together. And that's a lot to do in one movie. Maybe just tease them. Just like maybe he's dealing with them and then does this. And then, you know, later on they come together to form that, you know, uh, what's the, the other guy's mirror master mirror master. <laughs> it's, there are a lot of low key villains that people won't understand. And you just have the flash. You don't have any like big budget Marvel characters mm-hmm. going against him. So it's like, you can't really throw a villain in there for nonsense. And I, I've, I've argued this before. I think DC is made from their villains more than their mm-hmm. heroes. I, th- I think that's one thing they've always had better than Marvel is their iconic villains. And the Flash just doesn't have them. It's it's really hard because most of his super good villains have the same power set as he does. It's true. I know. I mean, you have Reverse Flash, obviously, but I I think we're gonna get something, and then you know, tease to a later movie just to establish him in the universe. Because a lot of people aren't familiar with Flash or anything about him, minus the TV show if they watch that. Yeah. But uh, let's get right into it. Let's get into this emoji movie. <laughs> the main event. Yeah. So, Chris Hawk, you saw it in theaters. Yes. By yourself. How did you feel about it? How did I feel? Well, I know that I laughed more than the kids in this movie did. So this is obviously a movie geared toward younger kids and teens because it deals with the texting emoji sensation. And I'm not going to lie. I don't use emojis at all when I text. It's just a thing that I never caught on to. It's just, it's, it seems, I wouldn't say lazy. It just doesn't, it doesn't intrigue me at all. I mean, I'm right there with you. I barely use them. Um, there are situations where I'll use them ironically. But yeah. I never use them <laughs> seriously. So it's kind of like, yeah. So my, my general thoughts is um, this, this movie is uh, one of the most predictable movies I've ever seen. I, um, it felt like I could predict whatever was going to happen, no matter what. Like, uh, there's really nothing that surprised me. The, um, some, of the, some of the characters, I, I will say, though, actually made me laugh quite a bit. I, I don't... Like, there are some people that said Patrick Stewart was, like, terrible, and I was like, well, man, that was actually... Patrick Stewart did quite all right for one of his... I think this is one of his first voiceover roles? He was actually, like, all about this movie. You know, he went to the premiere. That's, see, that's what I love. I love that stuff. That's, that's great stuff right there. I think he knew what he was a part of, and he went anyway. You know, that's the support that this movie had behind it. And, I, you know, T.J. Miller, like, he was all about this movie, too. Like, this is what he wants to do, get into these uh, more movie roles. That's why he left Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think he really cared um, when, you know, you talk about performances. And I think that kind of shows between him, Patrick Stewart, and uh, what, James Corden. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous how some people overreacted about this movie. It was like, oh, this movie was so terrible that I couldn't laugh for a whole 24 hours. And I was like, what, what, what kind of power do movies hold over you that they can tear down your soul like that? I mean, there are some movies like that, but I was like, 
this is a kid's movie and it's it I just I didn't see it. I didn't like this obviously isn't the best movie, but it didn't I did not feel like it tore like all the joy and joyness out of me. I was like, some people just like to exaggerate for clicks. You That's know what I'm saying? I honestly like I didn't hate the movie. I I do think the the movie being made is kind of questionable, but it's good for what it is. I mean, it's a it's a movie about emojis. What did you want? I think we can all honestly say that the movie, like, this isn't something anybody asked for, but if you're going to go see it, you made that choice. You knew what you were signing up for. Appreciate it for what it is, not what you want it to be or what you're seeing it ironically just to make fun of it. It's, it's a waste of money. Why would you do that? I, I don't believe it deserves the 0% it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I think if you compare it to some of the other movies that do the exact same thing, it's on par with them. And the animation is great. Yeah, that's actually a, that's actually a very big strong point. Yeah, if, we take, if you take a look at the animation, um, people had to animate this first of all. And they they put effort into it. I mean, some of the scenes, you can definitely see the animation with the faces being made by the, just some of the minor characters on the side that you don't even really pay attention to. Absolutely. Like, um, I know Sony Animated Pictures gets a bad rap for not doing the best movies, but animation has always been top-notch for those movies. I have never seen, like, I've had no complaints about any of the animations. This was crisp. Like, um, Despicable Me, I mean, I, in, I can watch those movies, but the animation isn't always the best. But for, for like, the Emoji movie, I was surprised with how it was very crisp, smooth. Uh, there was very funny gest- gestures from High Five. And that, like, this was all, it was very well made. If you think about it, too, when you, you brought up Despicable Me, mean, uh, Despicable Me has a lot of characters that are bigger and have less textures going on. Whereas in the Emoji movie, like there's a lot of fine details that you kind of see in the movie, uh, especially with some of the uh, the app setups they go through. Um, I mean, I guess spoilers don't really matter for this movie because if you're gonna, <laughs> I, I assume most people won't see it anyway because they no, they won't. They believe the internet. So like yeah. when they go into the Spotify app. Some of that like digital animation right there is really good. There's a lot of details going on with the waves and everything. And then that whale, like that was a cool scene. Like it looked great. And animation's hard to do. Yeah, that's like the scenes. I think oh, most of the apps that they used were like owned by Sony, I believe, or the, oh, I think it was the songs. It's all the songs in the movie were owned yeah. by Sony. So, so that was a funny little little neat uh, trend right there, but that scene one of the one of the, my top five scenes in the movie it was them two. I mean, you got the cheesy romance going, but you have these. You're riding the wave of music in the Spotify app, and that's just it's, somebody thought of that and somebody brought it to life in this movie. And it was one of the most more beautiful scenes of this movie. It it was a nice. It was like an easy scene. You had good music in the scene. Like it wasn't jarring to the movie. It was just it was a good scene. I think, too, if you take a look at how the emojis uh, go to work every day in the, the, the phone and, like, they get scanned, it kind of reminds me of the Lego movie and the fact that they, you know, do what they're designed to do, except, obviously, Lego, the Lego movie has 
a history and you know things behind it to make people relate to it more as emojis is like this new thing and a lot of people reject them instantly especially when there's a movie made about it and essentially just texting and social media but i i it has like the same you know lines in terms of the universe it sets up uh what textopolis is that what it's called uh textopia textopolis it's it's one of those i can't remember um it's also like wreck it ralph also because the whole you know screw things up i want to be better but you know all the time i've been the best i could have been it's really what's inside of me that counts and not changing that you know yeah i mean you definitely knew what the plot was going into it i mean from the get-go it's predictable let's Mm -hmm. let's be honest but i don't think it's predictable in a bad way a lot of animated movies are predictable to adults going to see them when they're designed for kids or the younger crowd like the adults know what's going to happen yeah uh one of my one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the throwback to the old emoticons how they're all old men oh that was pretty good (laughs) That, that was great that was that was clever i mean when that when that started off this I felt like this was a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean there there are some clever setups that the movie has. It's not all of it delivers because some of it's <laughs> kid related humor. I mean, let's be honest. Like when somebody gets hit by something or like bangs their head, that's designed for kids. Of course, you're not going to laugh at it. You know, I mean, what reasonable adults like? Oh, that didn't make me laugh. Yeah, jokes jokes weren't as subtle as they could have been. They were pretty on the nose. For kids, like kids, don't really want to think about movies when they watch it. They just they they like bright things. They like they like funny things. So they're gonna be attracted to those type of things. And subtle jokes is something that sails right over their head. It's not gonna work for them. Two, I think if you uh, in the beginning of the movie when we see we're introduced to the kid and all the kids are on their cell phone in the school. I mean, that's a, that's a reflection of today's society. Like, that's a real thing. I think in the background, like, two kids run into each other because they're too busy paying attention to their phone. Like, that's yeah, that's real life now. And, I, I mean, that's a pretty well-set-up joke that isn't in your face because it's not for kids. But a lot of people don't see that and don't appreciate that because, you know, they're already predetermined to hate the movie. I can only imagine how bad cell phones are in school. We we left and graduated right when the the cell phone boom just started to kick off. Yeah, we did. We we were in high school when you weren't allowed to have them. They would take them away. Now it's like people bring iPads and tablets to school, you know, because they can't stop it. Oh, you took my phone? Well, that's okay. I have a burner phone. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was a big deal like you'd have to get your parents to come get the phone but like now today kids just sit in class with their phone out because they can because that's <laughs> society what's uh what's some other stuff you liked about the movie how about that instagram scene that was a very beautiful shots of how it's like a still life photo and you have the the meh dad and the meh mom getting back together which i mean it's kind of a spoiler i'm i didn't really understand why they broke up in the first place but it was a plot, and but the scene itself of them in Paris, them being able to switch the filters to make it nighttime from daytime, and everyone still being frozen, I just thought that was like, am I watching the same movie I was just watching? This is a great scene. It was, yeah, it was pretty clever in terms of the use of the, the featured apps. 
Uh, mine is Candy Crush. I will. I, I can't honestly say that was a good <laughs> use of that app. That was. But again, that's more of a like a kid joke, because that's something they might have played, and you know he gets stuck in it. But I mean, in terms of what Instagram and uh, the Dropbox thing was actually pretty pretty great because they just get into it and Dropbox gets hacked all the time. Like people lose their information all the time because of Dropbox. It just makes I didn't sense. know that. So it was a subtle it was like a joke on Dropbox the entire time. Yeah, it's like a, a, a subtle rib at Dropbox, but at the same time advertising it because yeah, people get their information stolen from Dropbox all the time. Like the email's secure, they use Dropbox, information's leaked. Like that's what happens. So that's why they probably don't mention it how the the evil bot gets into Dropbox. He just looks at the email thing, and then you're per, you're you're supposed to assume that that's how he got in. Yeah, and that's, that's again, that's another you know not for kid joke that an older person could appreciate if they knew where it was coming from. But that, I mean, they're not going to outright say it on their sponsor. You know that the sponsors are the real reason this movie's making money. Like the product placement is the reason this movie already made its money back and probably more. Did you um? Who was your favorite character? Obviously, the best character is High Five. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> there are a lot of people that didn't like his character, but I thought he was James Corden. I thought he was charming, even though he was pretty over the top. Um, him and Candy, uh, Candy Crush was easily some of the funniest parts of the movie for me. Are you talking about the part where he eats the candy? When he doesn't stop eating the candy? Oh, it's, it's great stuff. Honestly, like he's that, he's that side character. Like... We're just talking Lion King. He's the Pumbaa. That's what he is. You know, he's... Exactly. He's that kind of dumb, kind of, you know, lovable side character that's there to help the main character out. And he does his job well. I would argue he's the best character just because of how predictable the other two are. At least with this guy, you know he's going to be likable. Yeah. Honestly, he he kind of does his own thing most of the time. Like he's Like, he's still dancing and at Just Dance, he's... You know, he is, he has like a secret layer of other rejected, um, the loser lounge. Yeah. The loser lounge. This is like, I, I didn't expect that from a uh, high five. You know, he just, he knows things. It, it's just, <laughs> he's just a great character. I wonder if you go back into like, cause I'm sure they have statistics in terms of what emojis are used the most. I wonder if the high five used to be used a lot and it has just gone away. I just wonder if that's accurate or it's just like movie plot related. Because some, some of the other emojis you see in the Loser Lounge, like the graph and stuff, of course nobody uses those, but high five is kind of questionable. Um, the, uh, swirly starf- the swirly jellyfish with the swirl in the center, I've never even heard of that. That's what I'm saying. Some of those emojis, like I don't even know where they are in the app, but if you go and look for them, you could probably find them. It's just kind of funny. Overall, I think the movie is good for what it is. I'm not going to say it's a great movie when you compare it to other animated movies, obviously, because I'd be lying if I said so. But I think if you're going to watch the movie, appreciate it for what it is, not what you want it to be. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. This is whatever you you are going to make it, whatever you're going to make this movie, whatever you make of it. When you see this movie, you're going to decide. And it's how you go into it. If you know this is going to be a dumb movie, then let it be a dumb movie and just just watch it. You don't have to really dig too deep into this movie. Everything is top layer. There's nothing really too like soul searchy about this movie. It's just it's just a fun movie. And I'm you know, I go into most movies 
Um, not really excited, but not um, deterred. This movie, obviously, the reviews weighed it heavily, and I'm like, what am I signing up for by agreeing to review this without Mario? But at the same time, I went into Zootopia, and I was mm-hmm. super excited for that movie because it just it looked great, and it, it is beautifully animated. But the plot of Zootopia was so political and just weighed down with uh, like a message for society that I didn't like it. I think it would, it would try to do too much, and that was just my personal opinion, but this movie, you could argue, does too little, but at least it's not trying so hard that it's so in your face with its message. Zootopia was a definitely a... It was, I thought it was a good movie. I could have done without all the political stuff. I mean, I understand what it was trying to go for and what angle the movie was trying to go for, but there, was, there easily was two different types of movies in Zootopia that it was trying to tell, and I think it kind of loses itself trying to push its angle. So, I mean, I still enjoyed it, though, because Chris Hawk is easily enjoyed, is easily entertained by animated movies with animals that talk. Um, I love that stuff. So, when you have Emoji Movie, where it's, it's basically the hero's journey, he makes a decision, you know, he, he's... You have a decision, you go on a journey, and really, it's your destiny has been inside you the entire time. Yeah, you you learn a lesson, and yeah, you know, every you don't have to be what your what society tells you to be, which is a, a stereotypical uh, lesson for these kinds of movies. You know, it's that's a lesson we get a lot. I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, it's not necessarily bad. I mean, we've seen this, we've seen this a million times, and I don't think it did it wrong i don't think it was a bad hero's journey just a predictable one and sometimes predictable things can be good yeah so uh we i'd say we can offer some constructive criticism for it i think we've been overwhelmingly positive so far yeah on on the off chance that they actually make a sequel <laughs> what, what do we think they should change so it's it's got to be think we got to introduce like a justice league of emojis that's what that's like you got to go bigger right you know what i was thinking why not why not go to other phones see the oh, other versions cool. of themselves like a like a uh, multiverse of yeah. of the emojis <laughs> that's that's pretty good they could have like an evil phone versus like a good phone where everyone's like bizarro emoji yeah and that, i mean that sets you apart uh, Wreck-It Ralph goes to different video games, meets different characters, you know? that's You could easily do that with emojis. Not everybody uses the same favorite emojis. What if you go to some guy who's, you know, the star emoji is a taco? Like, then you got a whole different <laughs> thing, you know? The whale. Like, yeah, or flags. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You could, you could do a ton more with some of the off-the-wall emojis, too, if you go to, like, other places. And obviously, there's more apps that are going to be willing to, you know, throw their name on it to make some money. There's just so much. This, so they definitely played it safe, safe, super safe with this movie. Like, because of what you were just talking about, they could have done, they could have done things that I'm not going to lie. I, I would be interested in seeing right this instant if they pitted phone against phone or you got to see how other phones reacted to the. To the emojis that were the most popular on their phones, you it just you could have done so much with this movie. This this is a great 
I'm not going to lie. Even though it sounds stupid, giving characters, giving, personifying something that's not, you know, a human, it could work. I mean, they did it to toys, they did it to cars, they did planes. I mean, it's, it's not a, Legos? it's not like it's a new, th- yeah, Legos. I mean, it could work. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the backlash to this. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a consumerist thing, you know. They're trying to sell you on something that, I mean, essentially is sold with a phone now and texting and service and all that. But Legos did the same thing. They they sold themselves in a movie. I don't, I, it's not a bad thing. And we're going to get more of it as, uh, you know, people try to cash in on that wave and lose original ideas because this is definitely not an original idea and it's the studio pushing it because that you know it's something they want done not because anybody else wants it or some you know director wants to do it it's the studio wanted it made so they hired people to make it i i just wonder where the meme movie comes in next the next meme movie yeah yeah like memes oh my goodness because you could easily go from here to memes and then do a crossover and then everyone's gonna hate the meme movie, though. That's it's a meme, and it's uh, it's just, it'd be too meta for me. That just I don't want to even think about a meme movie. I think you could have easily pulled some people if you would have. They would have went into the Reddit app. <laughs> so one of the only criticisms I have for this movie is um, the jokes themselves. It's they're almost self-referential in the movie themselves when. The high five would do something, and then he would laugh at himself, and then say what he just did. I don't. I guess that's lowbrow humor, but it's it's not funny to me at all. Yeah, and I mean that's sometimes that's for kids. So yeah, that that was definitely for kids. That's literally my. I mean, Patrick Stewart was great. The devil emoji, the guy from Will and Grace. I thought he played a funny devil. Him and I thought I would have liked to see more of him and the angel talking because it they were almost doing some adult like content there it was very subtle i think yeah i mean i think that's one thing too if you had marketed this towards adults it could have done better than sausage party did just on the basis that it could have been a lot funnier you could have done a lot more but obviously it was marketed towards kids so there's only so much you could do Honestly, uh, I would almost put Sasha's party even with this movie. I didn't. I didn't find Sasha's party. Oh, I would definitely say so. I, I. I don't think they're. I mean, they're on par with each other in terms of what they do and what they accomplish, which is yeah. saying yeah. something if you think about it. But obviously, reviews don't reflect that. Yeah, uh, Sasha's party wasn't anything super original. Also, except for maybe the giant orgy scene at the end. But I. I still didn't find it as funny. As I thought it was, I mean, people raved about this movie, and I, I was like, I, I mean, it's funny, guys. It's, I just, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. I like the things that they tried to do. Uh, I, I honestly, I didn't know T.J. Miller was the lead. I knew that he was in the movie. I just didn't know he was the lead character. I think T.J. Miller does better as a side, as a um, secondary character in movies. I would definitely agree. He's usually really witty and funny as i mean in the uh out of oh is it she's out of my league is that what the movie was he was a great character in that he he's apparently he's extraordinary in silicon valley Uh, i've only watched i've only watched the first episode so um 
So, I mean, I, I do like TJ Miller's stand-up too, his old stand-up. So, I, I do like TJ Miller, but I don't know. It, I didn't have a problem with him, but he, he usually plays the high-five character. So, him playing the straight character, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was kind of odd. I mean, I appreciate him trying to do different things. It just James Corden could have played straight, and TJ Miller could have easily played high-five, and the movie could have been the same, probably. Definitely. You could easily switch them out and it'd be the same. But uh, I think I think we're ready for grades. If Okay. I got nothing else. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but I don't think it deserves a zero. I'll give it I'll give it a five out of ten just for me personally. Again, I think it's oriented towards people that aren't me, but I appreciate it for what it was. Yeah, this was by no means the worst mini movie in cinema history. It did not did not like it didn't break my heart or take the joy joyness out of my soul it's just it's funny to hear people say that like this movie just caused them great distress and i just it's pretty incredulous that's what it's almost sensationalist that's what it almost is yeah i mean it's just just you know get your opinion out there and have people like your opinion because it's funny that's all that is so the two movies I have for the Rubicon is, uh, we mentioned them earlier, it's the Lego movie and Wreck-It Ralph. The Lego movie is basically, the Emoji movie is basically beat for beat the Lego movie where you go to different places, you know, you find that you have that kind of romance, you have the funny friend, Batman, high five. You have, you know, f- trying to find yourself, you're not very good at anything, but honestly, you're just great at being yourself. And then you have Wreck-It Ralph, which is basically the same movie, but you have the, the video game aspect, digital aspect, internet aspect. That's, that's what I gathered from watching the Emoji movie. I, I mean, I, would, I prefer the Lego movie and Wreck-It Ralph to Emoji movie, but, I mean, everyone's uh, different strokes for different folks. The Emoji movie might be your favorite movie, and you know what? If it is your favorite movie, then power to you, man. It's not like it's the worst movie ever. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous if people who say that. I, I definitely agree. It's insane. Uh, but with that, that's our review of the Emoji movie. Uh, five out of ten from me and a Rubicon comparison to the Lego movie and Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Chris Hawk, if you want to uh, just plug some things, uh, Twitter, Facebook. So Cinema7, you can find us at Cinema7 underscore podcast on Twitter. You can find us at Cinema 7 Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on YouTube Play. I think that's what it's called. Not YouTube Play. Google Play. Google Play. You can, yeah. Find it, yeah. you can find us on SoundCloud until it goes down, which, I mean, it's a, like a ticking time bomb. And you can, we also on Patreon when we are supported by John, Mario, and Mario's mom. Thank you to John, Mario, and Mario's mom. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Chris Hawk, you want to take it away? Yes. So from us at Cinema 7, we always want to thank you for watching with us. Thank you for listening with us. And thank you for exploring with us.
podcast.